podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hello, good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers Transfer Agenda Show. I'm your host, Keith Plunker, and tonight I'm joined by Grizz Khan. Grizz, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, Keith. Not too bad. What's happening, man? Ah, uh, not much, Grizz. I'm not going to lie, not much. We're going to get mm. a transfer show out of the, the scraps that we have, but we'll, yeah, we'll we get there. Do. We always we do. We always do. We always do. I'm delighted to be joined by Anthony Pine again. Anthony, how are you? I'm good, Keith. How are you? Good to see Excellent. you. Excellent. You know, it's it's after a buoyant victory last night against Arsenal, I, there's a pep in me step today, you know, so it's uh, it's all good. It's all good. And we're delighted again to be joined by Sam Adams. Sam, how are you? Back again. Yeah, it's back again. Thanks for having me again. Uh, yeah, how are you, Keith? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, could be it's worse. Could be worse. Um, it's as I've touched on there, lads. There's there's not an awful lot happening, um, transfer wise with Liverpool. But I think before we move on, I just want to say about uh, Grizz Khan. Grizz, I believe you're a, a highly influential <laughs> uh, influencer type character these Stop days, it. and an award winning influencer. Stop it, Keith. Yeah, now lovely little uh, surprise. A nice little bit of recognition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, nice little email this morning to wake up to. Why not? Yeah. The only, the only. No, it's not a good thing. It's a bad thing, isn't it, this COVID? It stops the, the ceremony, but it's a good thing for me because none of my like flashy suits fit me anymore. You know, yeah. with all the weight I've lost, you know what I mean? So That's it, yeah. It's yeah, probably for the best, so probably for the, the best. best I'd rather invested in the suit as well, man. Bollocks. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know, that's uh, Grizz won the best sport influencer in the Asian sports list, which, you know. That's right. It's something, in it? You know, fair it play is. to me, man. Well, listen, it's uh, it's always humbling to get recognition, man, for anything, for any level or anything, especially for something that you do for a laugh, as a passion. It's not even a profession for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, what you know how we are. You know, we love chatting football. It's our this passion. It. We love it. Football you know, we enjoy it. Exactly. And uh, to get sort of recognition on any level for doing something that you enjoy as a hobby is, is amazing. It's amazing. So, you know. I want to thank everyone who's uh, sort of been involved in that, um, you know. So um, if they're lit- I know some of them watch and listen as well. They're avid fans of our show. So, you know, I appreciate that, really. Speaking of avid listeners and fans, if Nike are watching, which I'm, I know they do, I know John Nike is a regular listener, he can <laughs> start sending some of that Liverpool gear your way, Grizz, because a lot of the other influencers that got, Dibs on the the new night kit launches from LFC. I'm I'm a bit disgusted that you weren't included in that. But look, ah, hey, how maybe next time? Ah, that's all right. 
<laughs> that's all right. <laughs> uh, but no, look, it's it's great a bit of recognition and well done, Grizz. Well deserved. Nice one, man. Nice one, thank you, thank you. No, thank you, Um really? So look, last as we, as we touched on that, there's not much happening transfers into Liverpool. And if I'm being honest, it's probably unlikely that there will be anything judging on the way the squad is shaping up. And I want to start off just by looking back um, at the game last night. If you don't mind starting on that, because it was a very interesting game. Now, Anthony, I'll come to you. The the match last night, it was it was Liverpool at their best, wasn't it? And it showed the the squad that we're building and the the, the reserves even that we have when you can bring in a, a Jota and he looked good when he got in there. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant when he came on and it's sort of, it's affirmation of the decision to go with Jota. I mean, we all were looking at Sar and then Jota came out an hour, but when he looked at him last night, it just makes complete sense. I mean, he looks completely integrated into that team already, which isn't easy. I mean, you look at, say, Minamino, for example, is only start, sort of still maybe find his feet and find his place in the team. Jota just makes complete sense already. Um, he could have had a hat-trick, you know, he, and, and he just, he's, a, he's clever, uh, he's pacey, um, he's got intelligence, and he's got the ability to sort of slot. You know, it's still very early days, but he looks like he has the ability to slot in along anywhere along that front three. And potentially he's going to be a great asset. But I, I, you get the feeling that like he's so highly rated that he's not just coming in to come in in case one of the front three get injured. He's there to challenge the front three, you know, keep them on their toes, uh, which is great because, you know, it's, it's like it, it's uh, – I think even if you look at Salah's condition this season, like, you know, these guys are so competitive amongst each other that having another fella come in, you know, maybe elevate them to, to – to, to keep maintain those incredible levels that they have uh, throughout the season, um, and Liverpool were just they were just brilliant. I mean, the, the fact that Arsenal almost could have pinched a draw was remarkable, really, given how well Liverpool played. But this is just they're just a supreme side, um, and they've been so consistently at that level now that you almost you can almost take it for granted and get lulled into that trick of that lazy sort of analysis that Roy Keane offered up last night where the other team make a chance. <laughs> like Arsenal, if you look at the quality they had in the last tour, they, they make a chance or two and people are going, oh, Liverpool, they might have got a bit lucky. Like that, that is how high the bar is at Liverpool now. Um, we're three games in and they look better equipped to win the league now than they did this time last season. Early days, but the squad is deeper. It has more quality. It will probably be tightened up within the next week because there's a couple of guys that are, you know, good players, by the way. The likes of, you're looking at, say, Shaqiri, Brewster, you know, good footballers. But, like, you know, so the, the bar has been raised to the extent where even guys like that, there, there may not just be a place for them now. Uh, and this is a lean, hungry outfit. And they want another league, which is great. And, uh, you know, last night was just, they were, they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant, Keith. They really were. Um, Grizz, something Anthony touched on there was, you know, how seamless it looked that Jota had settled in uh, in comparison to Minamino. Now, it's something that we spoke about at the time. The Minamino deal was a sense that Liverpool were cutting out the middleman in that transfer that they'd say, right, you're not paying the, the Premier League premium. They're getting Minamino in. He's a pressing player. This will work out. And it's taken them a while. You know, it's a big jump from the Austrian um Bundesliga up to the 
up to the Premier League, but Jota, they've paid a premium, but he, he does look Premier League ready, obviously having that, that experience at Wolves. He, he looks like he's going to be a, a very important player, doesn't he, as Anthony said, pushing them front three. Absolutely. And it was it's quite significant that he came on before Minamino. Um, mm. I kind of felt a little bit sorry for Minamino in that sense, in terms of, you know, he's he's been there longer and he's and he's been one of our outstanding performers in um, in preseason as well. But Jota just looks, you know, even every time we we've seen him or I've seen him anyway for Wolves, you you know, sometimes some players sort of you can have a vision of them playing in red, red of Liverpool that is, um, and and you see them and you and you and you see the way they move, the passion for the game, the way they move the ball quickly, the way they they attack the game. And you think to yourself, my God, Klopp, imagine him under Klopp, you know, and lo and behold, Klopp turns around and says this week, he had his, he's had his eye on him for like two, three seasons, you know, so it's, it's great to know that me and Klopp are on the same wavelength. But, um, but Does he but, have but, a, but, an Asian sports list influence? <laughs> no, I doubt it, mate. I'm one up. But, um, but Anthony touched on... Um, what Anthony touched on was the hunger. He said these players have seemed to have got the hunger. And I tell you what, I'm not even going to sort of just talk about this game individually. I'm going to take I'm going to take both games uh, against Arsenal and Chelsea. And I think I, oh, I can't think of a better better sort of two games consecutively that we played on such a high level, taking everything into consideration. And when I talk about everything, I'm talking about it being literally second game, second and third game week of the season. No pre-season. Plenty of injuries, right? Apparently we're lucky with injuries, but listen, we can count five, six players that we've you know got out of the squad. And the two games sort of against pretenders, call them what you want, rivals, you know, had high hopes for the season. And the way we've dismantled both of them, I tell you what, the hunger and the passion was out of this world and the energy. And I woke up this morning and I watched it again. You know, and I watched the game again, sort of, you know, it's always good to watch it again without the tension and the nerves. And, you know, Anthony touched on like Arsenal could have equalised or, you know, they held on until the, t- the 85th or 86th minute at 2-1. But it was the most convincing, convincing 2-1 at that stage you'd ever find. Let's not forget, they scored from two missed kicks, one from Robertson. And one from Lacazette, which resulted in the goal. And they got through um, a high line, probably one of the highest lines in Europe, offside line, right? They got through it once legitimately. Now, that's outstanding work. That's not sloppiness and what people have been telling us, oh, we look dodgy. Guys, you've got to remember, when we also, when you're playing such a high, brave line against the likes of Lacazette, Aubameyang, and who do they have? Pep, um, William. William. Yeah. And to give up one legitimate offside, because you got to remember all the others were offside. Yeah. They just went flagged. Yeah. I thought it was an, and, and the way we just forget out of their sort of forget in, in their half. We didn't let them at times come out of their penalty area. I mean, it was literally, do you know when you have a training session and you're just, you're training, pressing against sort of, you know, the opposition and it just didn't let them out. It was like men against boys. I thought it was a super, Per performance from everyone, Trent. You know there was criticism for Trent, and he had one of his. He was back to his up to the best, absolute best. So I think these two games 
what have shown us, and not in terms of just the squad strength that your original point was about, but the passion and the hunger and the competition in this in this squad at the moment, it's, it's probably at, at its peak. I've never seen it like this. It's it's very true. It's it is as hungry. And look, I don't want us to be you know seen as it's three games in and we're running away with ourselves. But the hunger. And the desire that's there. It's taken everyone by surprise. And I don't mean Liverpool fans. I mean, Gary Neville couldn't have eulogised more about Liverpool mm. last night during the game than he was. And you can see it in Gary Neville and Roy Keane, for example, if anyone was watching the Sky Sports coverage, they know what's coming with Liverpool. You know, they're not trying to give all this bluff and waffle that, you know, oh, Liverpool are... If you saw some of the predictions, for example, on Sky, I think it was, and Chris Waddle had Man U winning the league and Liverpool finishing fourth, and a few of them had Liverpool finishing fourth. Roy Keane and Gary Neville know what's coming. They know what's being built there, and they can't, as try as they might, they can't really hide what's happening there. But Sam, I'll come to you. <clears throat> the, the squad was... The squad was strong. And the additions now of Thiago and Jota, let's say they're our only two bits of business. They're so smart and intelligent that it just looks like that's enough, doesn't it? We were panicking a couple of weeks ago that, oh, we need this, we need that, we need another forward, we need a defender. Do you think that's it for what we're going to do now? And do you think it's enough? Um, I I said last week that I thought there would be one more. I'm going to backtrack. I I don't see it now. We've seen all three of the new signings, um, Simicast, uh, Jota and Thiago play, and um, we've had a chance to watch him now, and I am just so impressed with all three of them. Um, I mentioned something about a bloodline, and uh, you know, Klopp has an idea of what players he wants, etc., and they come to the club and they play the way that we want, want them to play. They've just simultaneously just <laughs> hit, hit the floor running, um, I think also the versatility of Jota, um, as Anthony said, he can play across um, uh, all, all three of the positions. So I don't really see necess- really the need. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't see the need for another signing. Um, I think last night also, as Grizz said, you know, felt you know you got to feel sorry for Minamino a little bit because his performance. Um, uh, you know, against Lincoln, you know, well, his performances before that even have been really, really strong. And he looks like he's coming into his own now as a Liverpool player. But that just, again, shows the depth of the squad. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, last night was, for me, probably one of the most convincing performances in recent times. So I was really, really impressed. Really, really impressed. And the reason I was so impressed is because I rate Arsenal so highly. I really rate Arteta's Arsenal. I think they're a good side. They're a well-oiled engine. Um, and I, I, I think they're fabulous. And we know more than anyone the last two times that we played them, they, they, they give you a hard game. They're a tough, tough team to take. Well, um, some of the way it panned out as well. You see, you've got to remember, we we literally didn't let them out for 25 minutes and then they score with their first non-attack almost. It's yeah, just it, a... It, it, it was just an aimless ball in there. And then Robertson goes, because he's so left-footed, yeah, you know, he, he tries to sort of, with his left, all he has to do is just swing with his right. But, but it does take a deflection. It takes a deflection on the way, doesn't it, off Van Dijk, I think. And but yeah, he's got enough time to adjust. He's in the midst of it all as well. Van Dijk's a big lad, and I just think it came at him quite quick. Mm. I was watching it with my old man, and he said that, um, oh, he lo- it looks like he's passed it, tried to pass it back to... Um, 
to, 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 to Van Dijk. But I don't quite know what he was doing, but it came at him so fast and you can't really blame him too much for, 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 for that mistake. But um, yeah, uh, as Grizz said, the hunger in this team is, um, is, is massive. The will to want to go again is there and the players that have come into the team are showing that exact same hunger. Uh, and I think that's um, that's just a, a sign of all the good things to come. I, I just sorry uh, pick up on that, Sam. With the with regards to the new guys that have come in, like I always think that a massive part of any player coming to Liverpool is their temperament. Can they handle the size of the club? And I'd say that the signs with the three. I mean, Thiago speaks for himself because he's you know his, his pedigree is is yeah. not much. He's been there and done everything. Jota last night, I think two things that at the time probably looked like negatives, but I think now you can actually take them as positive. The first was the chance that he missed. He missed the chance soon after he came on. And then he had another chance that uh, Salah took off his toe. It didn't phase him at all. He didn't go into a shell. He didn't sulk. The next chance he got, he took it brilliantly. And that's a really good sign. I I felt with Minamino initially when he came in, he just looked a little bit... Uh, tepid and then there was noises I think some of the players I think I, I could be wrong but I think it was Robertson and, and maybe Klopp just said oh you know he needs to come out with Shell a bit and we're trying to I, t- yeah. I remember that coming out at the time yeah. like, so, so and you could even tell with his body language he looks like a quite a, a quiet chap he's in a new yeah. country he's a new coach so you know it's going to take it takes certain characters a little bit of time to adjust Jada's been in England now for, for a couple of years and he just looks made for it you know he looks ready for this move so I would have taken them as, as really positive signs. I always try to look at the, the sort of body language, the way players carry themselves when they first start to play for Liverpool, especially in a, te- a Liverpool team as, as strong as this, because make no mistake about it, when you come into a team like this, these are they are a rootless bunch of footballers. You know, it's yeah. not all like everybody's mates. <laughs> like These are winners now. And that's not always very easy to come into day-to-day in, in training. The standards are so high. Everybody's sussing you out. Are you good enough for us? You know, what have you got? So I, th- I think the signs are very good. With the tr- you know, probably need to see more of the fullback, but he, is, he was excellent against Lincoln. And again, just, you know, even in preseason, he seemed to carry himself quite well. Um, but the other two, yeah, I mean, they, they, they look like quality additions. They really do. It does look good. It does indeed. And um, we've a super chat in there from DSE UK. Klopp always said squad familiarity was as important as signing a handful of new players, and he's correct. But before I go on to that, I just want to say, Grizz, another one uh, to pat you on the back for was the the lineup prediction, and it was DSE UK, wasn't it? That oh, absolutely uh, done the the fifty euro charity vet. That are not bad, like charity donation. If you predicted the lineup yesterday, which you did, of course, correctly, and I believe all that's been done and dusted. Hasn't no, it? absolutely, yeah, brilliant, brilliant from DSC UK. You know, appreciate that. Uh, he's uh, he's actually fulfilled his side of the bet uh, and num- and, um, and and donated sort of fifty fifty pound to the, the to the charity. So excellent stuff, man. Good stuff. Good Don't stuff, make yeah. a habit of that. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to be doing team lineups every week. Yeah, we can't be doing that. We can't be doing that. Yeah. But the point there about squad familiarity is important to sign in a handful of new players. Um, Grizz, I'll come to you actually on this. It, it's an excellent point because Klopp has always wanted to work with a smaller group of players. He doesn't want a large squad. Yeah. And this is what I think is going to play into us not maybe signing a, a centre-back this this summer. He won't sign players just for the sake of it. He won't blow the squad unnecessarily. 
brings us on to to, um, to Thursday night's game now against Arsenal. Oh, you suspect that we're going to have a strong team out on that one again. Is it going to be similar to Lincoln or do you think it'll even be stronger again with the, the players that we have available? Who do you expect to see? Well, I don't, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't expect any of them to be on the pitch on Thursday. It's this time, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last time there was a quite a bit of a gap, wasn't there, before and, and, uh, before the two games in terms of the League Cup and the League and the league game. This time it's going to be like sort of we're playing, we played uh, Monday, Thursday and then Sunday again, isn't it? Yes. I so I right. yeah, so I can't I can't see um you know, some people saying they can see probably one of the centre backs playing. That's what I was gonna say, yeah. Possibly. I'd hate to see it personally. It's such a high risk for mm. for a low reward in the at this stage, in my opinion. I know some people will absolutely love to lit win the League Cup and look, I, I'd love a domestic trophy. We've discussed this. Um, in recent in recent pods, but um, I personally wouldn't like to see Virgil risked. Gomez coming back from an injury is that wise to play him so soon again as well? You see, and then after that we've got Fabinho and the youngsters, so it is a tricky one. I get that. I definitely don't see any of the other outfield players participating. Uh, when I say participating, starting. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but again. Our squad's good enough to attack it. Our squad, our team that we put out sort of on Thursday will be strong enough to, to compete against anything Arsenal put out. Because you've got to remember, Arsenal haven't got an amazing squad. They won't have the same players. They, they'll have loads of changes as well. You know, minimum seven, eight changes for them as well. So it's going to be a cracking game. If it's anything like last season's, um, was it FA Cup again? Or was it League no, Cup? League Cup, yeah, League Cup. It was League Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So if anything, if it's anything like that, we're in for a stormer. It will definitely be stronger than that that last season's game. You know, you've got the likes of Grich, Milner, Curtis Jones, Jones. Shakiri. Yeah, yeah, all the all the same, the same crew, probably. Um, Jota might get a start. Yeah, uh, I know he didn't start in the in the in the in the in the League Cup. Uh, sorry, in the other in the other in the, in the first game. But you never know; he might get a little run out this time. Because I can't, even though his, we've talked about his impressive debut, I still can't see him starting against Villa. Yeah. So you know, this will be his game. This will be his game to get sort of game time, Minamino, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, it'll be stronger. It will definitely not be too many kids. The only kid I can see starting probably is the centre backs, Nico, and Elliot maybe. But even Elliot, I can see being pushed out because of Jota. You can I see Jota. I think Curtis Jones will definitely play. Oh, Curtis Jones. Yeah. He's a must. Yeah. No, he's an absolute must. I mean, these he games are... I want, to go, I, want to, I want to go deep in these competitions for the sake of the likes of Curtis Jones getting absolute valuable game time, um, more so than the trophy and the states of the trophy itself. You know, it's good for the squad morale, the players on the fringes, you know, they get game time. So from that aspect, um, I definitely see it being a strong lineup, per se, but... But not the the name the same lineup as so, you know it's going to be sort of a mixture of fringe and a couple of youngsters. But I think it will be fairly strong. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it should be. Anthony, do you see it being as Grizz said? Like a lot of the positions are going to pick themselves. Nico Williams will play right back. Simicastle coming at left back. What do you think happens at centre back? Um, yeah, it, it is a difficult one. I have a feeling that Gomez is going to play with one of the the younger 
kids in beside him. Um, I think he might just do that. Um, look, I, I've kind of, I actually really enjoy these games now because, yeah. you know, as the lads touched on there, even more so than last year, first of all, it kind of feels like a bit of a free swing, although, you know, you'd like to win a competition. But it's not like, you know, let's say, even going back five years ago, where you'd look at a competition like the Carabao Cup and you would say, what can we win this season? Well, we're not going to win the league. We're not going to win the Champions League. So we need to go well in the domestic cups. That's changed now. So it makes these a bit of a free swing and you can kind of sit back and enjoy them and get a look at, you know, what's what's behind the, the front liners and what's behind them at the minute is a lot of quality, a lot of good young footballers uh, like Curtis Jones uh, is a prime example. Love watching them. Um, I agree. I think I think Sam mentioned that Jada might start, and I, th- I think we could see that, which is great because you know we've we've got a couple of cameos off him, and it's been really he's been excellent. Um, so look, I, whatever we put out is gonna be good enough to to beat whatever they put out, because as Grizz says, they also have to make significant changes, and we have better depth. So I'm just looking forward to, to watching the game and, and sort of being a bit more relaxed about it because uh, you know you watch these league games and it feels like <laughs> it feels like uh, you know your your chest is tight because everybody wants to beat Liverpool and you're still sort of expecting City to do something ridiculous. I know they they've they've been beaten already this season, but you're always just you're attuned now to the fact that Liverpool can't drop too many points yeah. because of the way that he's gone the last couple of years. So it's all like you know. Uh, it's hard to enjoy the, the game sometimes. Um, whereas with this, it's just nice to be able to kick back and and have a look at the fringe lads and, and get more of Minamino, more of even Shakiri, uh, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, you know. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it, actually. Yeah, it should be good. It should be interesting. Sam, uh, I have a, Chris Brack has a team up there on the screen and he's put um, Adrian in goal, Nico Williams, Reese Williams and Fabinho are centre-back with Simicast left-back, Jones, Milner, Shakiri, Minamino, Jota and Origi. It's a very attacking lineup. Um now Reece that, Williams? The young lad, the young I'm boy, joking, yeah. The young lad, Reese Williams. He's another one of our young prodigy centre-backs, Grizz. You know, we've a few of them. We've Billy Canetia, <laughs> we've Reese Williams, we've Sepp Vandenberg, yeah, yeah. we've Nat Phillips, we've loads of these lads. Now, that's a very attacking team there, and that's putting Fabinho back into midfield. But Dean Murray has gone one step forward over a, a fantastic show. What about Milner, a centre-back? Would anyone see, uh, Sam, could you see a case of putting James Milner there? He yeah, said he'd well, done it versus Wolves. He him in goal, I reckon, and he'd do half a decent job. He's just one of them guys, and he, you know, he, 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 I mean, I wouldn't be averse to it, but um, uh, at the same time, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I mean, if we are to look at maybe a centre back, maybe a bit of a, a weird shout might be Gruich. Um, I know he hasn't played there, but if he could play, you know, just as a makeshift for now, you know. Is it maybe a ball a ball playing centre half? I'm not sure. I mean, I've not I've not seen him play the position, but I've never seen Milner play the position either. So, yeah, yeah. you know, as Anthony said, it's a tough one. You know, it's it, our bread and butter is the league, isn't it? You know, it, it, with every respect to the league cup, you know, there's you know, I'm not I'm not dissing it at all. But if we are making decisions on a league cup, which could potentially have a negative effect on our league campaign, then we have to consider all these things. So um, we might have to be a bit experimental. Um, I wouldn't be averse to having Milner there because, like I say, he could play He could play in goal if you wanted him to, I think. But, he, um, yeah, it, it, 
Well, I, I, Vandenberg didn't play today, so we can rule him out of playing there. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. he played for the under-23s today. Now, yeah, who so, can can any of the listeners or viewers tell us who was the partner of Vandenberg for the under-23s? Because that will yeah. rule whoever Demo, the youngster yeah. is. Yeah, very well. good, very true, very true. Um, before we move on, yeah, we've nearly 500 watching us and we're at 150 likes. So, you know, we all know we hate asking for likes, but it does help the channel grow. It helps get us out into uh, more people's spheres and uh, it just gives us more of a reach. So if you're watching the show and you enjoy what we do, just hit the like button. It doesn't cost anything. It's a little thumbs up. And if anyone could do that, we'd really appreciate it because, like I said, it helps us out an awful lot. Um, an interesting one put in there was um, where you see the future of Curtis Jones position-wise. Um, Anthony, I'll come back to you on this one. Where do you see Jones fitting into the team? I know he'll take nearly a leadership role on on Thursday because he's getting to that stage. But what, where do you see him figuring for Liverpool in the years to come? Or if you see him figuring for Liverpool, what position? Oh, yeah, I mean this this is this is the thing. Like this is the tricky thing at the minute, Keith, because you look at Curtis Jones. There's other years had he broken through, in other years uh, he would have been pinned as you know probably like maybe one of the key men in the in the Liverpool midfield at, at this point in time because he has that ability. Where if you look at other Liverpool sides over the last decade, he would have been good enough to just establish himself even at this point of his career. Yeah. It's just so difficult for a kid to do that now. Like we, we're gonna probably lose Brewster, who you know, even a year ago he was being touted as he's gonna break into the team and take Liverpool to the next level. He's the reason they're not adding to their front three. Um, Harvey Elliott looks an absolutely smashing player, but I mean, you just don't know because, as I said, this, you know, it's just so hard for for guys to break in. Um, but I really like him. I, I think. Uh, it's hard to say, actually. It's hard to say at this point where he's going to settle. Um, he's he's clever and he's creative and you could possibly see him doing a sort of Firmino playing in that kind of role. But then he's also so comfortable on the ball and he's so, uh, you know, he has that sort of arrogance and belief in himself to, to go and take the ball off a centre-half and make a team play. So, you know, he could legitimately play in a deeper base midfield role as well. So I, I actually... I'm not really sure at the minute. Um, he's a very, very talented fella. And as I said, like I, I he's one of the reasons that you look forward to these games, these these Carabao Cup games, because you get to see more of them than you than we are at the league at the minute. Um and as much as I rate him and I do, I think he's excellent. Like I can't you couldn't say you couldn't say now that he is definitely gonna be part of Liverpool in three years' time in two years' time, even. Uh, because a year ago, I would have said to you, Bruce is the next thing. He's going to come. Yeah. Bruce is going to break through. Bruce is now on the way out. Um, Keanu Over is another. Yeah. Listen, he, again, like I, mean, I watched him in Tala about a year, just over a year ago, the European Championship Finals was played in, in Tala in Dublin. And we got a real good look at him against players of his own age, the under 17s final it was. And he was just, you know, class apart. He was a, he was a man among boys. And everything pointed towards this kid being, you know, he's going to be the next thing. He's going to break through. Well, now that's 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 how difficult it is. So uh, I think Curtis Jones has every chance because he ticks every box. He's got a, he's got a good attitude. He's got a good temperament. And he's got all the ability in the world. But uh, you know we don't know the rate of progress of the team. <laughs> Liverpool just keep on smashing these limits. And um, I mean I hope he sticks around, but we don't know, do we? Very true. Well, you know you know um, 
last night would have been an education for him just to be there watching Nabi Keita and Ginny Wijnaldum. An absolute education for him. Um, we know Curtis Jones. I think we all agree that you know he's got a, definitely got a future and he's talented and everything. But along with that talent and and and, and sort of flair that he's got, I'm sure the coaches would have said, "Have a look at Nabi Keita." and Gini Wijnaldum and the work rate that they put in last night, and even against Chelsea. All right, against Chelsea, it was a walk in the park with the 10 men. But yesterday, guys, I was spellbound by the work rate and the effort and the energy of Keita and Gini. Fabinho as well, of course, but we know Fabinho. When Fabinho was on his game, he's, he's simply the best DM in the world when he's on his game. I mean, I've been sort of slightly criticising him since post-injury, but he was sensational. You know, yeah. absolutely sensational. But the work rate and the energy and the timing. And, you know, people often work, often say, why has Nabi Keita not adjusted? And why does he always play genie? And these things are so, Klopp and Pep are so in, intri- intricate with their instructions for the central midfielders. It's not a basic just chase the ball. The triggers are so important. The timing of the pressing, the group pressing, the when when to back off, when to press. It was perfection last night, guys. Yeah. And that's what Curtis Jones has to aspire to. Yeah. It's yeah. not that because Curtis Jones, give the as 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 you know, Anthony says, give Curtis Jones the ball, and he's technically beautiful to watch. You know, we've discussed it as well, Keith, haven't we? Like how he's so comfortable in the cockiness yeah. on the ball for a kid amongst world elite stars but what he has to do now and I'm sure you know the coaches have told him is to sort of get with that system in terms of look at them as an example you know the the slander against Genie this summer has been disgusting and shameful and embarrassing to be honest with you like you know kids on Twitter trying to force him out because you know wanting Tiago. I mean yesterday I, I'm not a stats man as you know Keith but I'm sure there's stats people out there who will tell us better in terms of how much ground Keita and, and Ginny covered. And not only, it's not about the, it's not about sort of necessarily how much ground, but in terms of how many sprints in terms of pressing, how many pressing actions and the intelligence of them and the timing of them, just to not let Arsenal out. I thought, I thought it was an absolute example for the likes of Jones, you know, this is why possibly, you know, Gruich won't have a career or future here. You know, maybe he hasn't got that intensity. Maybe he's a wonderful player on the ball, but you've got to have certain qualities uh, to play in a clock midfield. And once Curtis Jones adds that to the repertoire of skills that he naturally seems to have, he'll be some player for us. You really will. Sam, will come to you. Do you see Curtis Jones' versatility? A lot of people in the chat are saying, you know, oh, he's young. You know, the the uh, X86 guy has up there plenty of opportunities in the future. Next summer, Genie gone, Milner gone, possibly Ox. Mm-hmm. So what Mantney touched on there was, you know, Bruce, I would have said the same last year. Keanu Hilva was one. You know, he has to take his chance now. But will his versatility, as opposed to the likes of Brewster, who could literally only look like he could play one role, will Jones's um, versatility help him to get more games and integrate him more so into the team this year? Without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, it'll be, it's going to be the most important thing for him um, is his versatility. Um, I mean, 
you know, when you when you watch, and I hate, I'm not drawing comparisons at all, but when Gerard was coming through, for example, derby games where he, he started a right back, and then when he was under Benitez, he went into right midfield, and then he played in the ten, you know, just behind, and then he went deeper under Rogers. And I think um, versatility is is one of the key things, you know, when you you know when you're a midfield player, and um, he's definitely got the flair. So for me, he's got that kind of arrogance uh, on the field, definitely not off it. But he's got uh, the arrogance on the field. Is like Jack, Jack Grealish has, for example. He's he can come out left. He can play in behind. He's uh, yeah. He's he's got that cockiness about him, and uh, yeah, that hundred percent belief in his abilities. So he's got that. He just needs to apply himself, as Grizz said, um, to become a Klopp player. Uh, and the application is going to be the key now. His versatility, I think he has. Uh, it's just applying himself to be at the levels. You know, like, you know, Chris said, running off the ball, chasing the ball down, doing all the stuff that Keita and 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 uh, Genie do. Um, it's just applying himself to to become a Klopp kind of player. Uh, but if you're asking me, I think his best position is central and probably just behind the striker. Um, that would be my that would that would be where I, I see him long term for Liverpool. Cowboy place, ain't no town like a cowboy town. Ain't no way like the cowboy way, have a cowboy kind of day, yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's, ain't no way you're going wrong, hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. That's an excellent point you made, Sam, comparing them with Grealish, and it's one I've never actually thought of, but it, it's a it's a very good comparison, mm. but it does touch on something that Anthony said as well. Will you get the time to grow in that? And, you know, Liverpool, we've said this on shows previously, you know, players like Mason Greenwood at Man United and even Harry Kane at Spurs were able to develop in the Europa League when the teams were maybe a little bit lower. We don't have that, and... Jack Grealish came in through Aston Villa, local lad, very similar to Curtis Jones, but at Aston Villa, a struggling team. You know, it's a good comparison, but it'll be interesting to see if he does get the games. Um, very good, yeah. I like that uh, Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish, yeah, it's a good one. Listen, before we move on, I noticed the transfer agenda show. I'm not going to lie to you, folks. There's not that many transfer stories going out about Liverpool at the moment, so we're just looking at the squad. Um how it's looking but we're going to move on and talk about some transfers before we do we just want to let people know you know Thursday before the match Gav will be on doing an Instagram um, little chat beforehand if anyone's on Instagram subscribe or like whatever you do yeah. on Instagram to the day trippers and just join in on the on the um, quick video that Gav will do you can get on and go on screen and request to go on and give your opinion on the, the line up and all that it'll be a very good way to get people um involved and interacting in what we do and we're also looking at um, the Flick Sports app we've, we've started we're just looking to get any ideas in there and um, I know a lot of people in the chat here are in the, the group I think it's Trippers Chats when you sign into it if anyone's not and wants to go in just sign into the Flick Sport app and under the, the Trippers Trippers Chats Throw in any suggestions for shows or subjects or topics Anthony you want and we will look at it and we'll bring it up in shows. It's something that we we haven't really integrated yet, but we are going to be bringing into the shows going forward. So if you just want to have a say in how <clears> things are, what's happening, go into that. Um, but look, 
I'm brutal at uh, talking about these things, so I'm sure Gav will do a better job the next time. But get in anyone that's not doing a sign up. Um, once transferred out of Liverpool, that was confirmed. Uh, I'll come to Grizz on this one. Cardius to Union Berlin. Um, a loan deal. What's what's he got left on his contract? He's got a couple of years, hasn't he? Has he? I think. Yeah, but he was right. He was right. I was wrong on this one. You you said uh, he'll end up on a bloody loan again, and I was like, no, we'll accept two million uh, near the end of the window. But you know, unfortunately, it seems like nobody wants to give any cash. Yeah, for the fella, which is fair enough. You know, yeah. it's understandable. You don't want to give cash for carriers. He's but, too much um, of a risk, isn't he? Too much of a risk, isn't he? But look, at the end of the day, he's gone. He, he was he never he was never gonna sort of put on the red shirt again. Um, but fair play to him. Wish him all the best. Um, you know, and I can't say no hard feelings. I've got a lot of hard feelings towards him, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. You know, it is what it is, and I'm, I'm, you know, we don't wish him bad. We wish him well. That's the main thing. But um, but yeah, so that's an outgoing. I think Brewster, Brewster's on the verge. I think Brewster was Sheffield United and sort of, even though Palace chairman denied it, they're very much interested. Brighton as well. Uh, I said the teams early that are in for him. Um, and uh, lo and behold, it seems like Sheffield United, I even said Sheffield United, the, the front runners weeks ago, you know, they put in a bid. They've upped that bid. The, it was the issue with Sheffield United is they refused to um, um, ha- have the the buyback clause from Liverpool inserted in. But I think I think I've I, um, they've loosened that stance the stance on that. So I expect Brewster to be gone, like sold as opposed to loan. I know there was are we going to loan him? Are we going to sell him? You know, it's definitely the sale what we want. I mean, loan options are. Wow, he's got he's got five, six, seven loan options, but it's we want to sell. Um, I did say that early, didn't I? To you that we yeah. do want to sell him. I know it was a bit of a bombshell to a lot of Brewster fans, me included. I mean, I'm a Brewster fan. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm. You know, I do like Brewster. I think you know, I think he's very talented. But um, uh, you know, if you get 20, 25 million for him, then it's a no-brainer for me in this current climate. And then we've got the usual suspects, Kulurich, um, you know, Munchen Gladbach um, were leading the way for him. As far as I know, they're still leading the way for him. There are other clubs in for him, but again, it's a matter of sort of getting a reasonable, reasonable word. Come on, guys. We want reasonable sort of, we're not expecting like, you know, the 30 millions anymore, what we did last summer, but come on, 15, 20 million, and then you can have these guys. So I think that it's, it's just about, I think we're looking to raise about 60 million, Keith. I think we're looking to raise about 60 to 65 million before the close of the window. And then and then I think we'll assess it then maybe for for, for incoming. But, uh, you know, it's unlikely, unlikely at the moment because we're just not getting the actual decent offers for our players. Yeah. Um, Anthony, I'll come to you. Another one that gets linked a lot is uh, Hardy Wilson. I think Burnley mm. are looking at him. Could did. Do you think it is inevitable that all these lads do move on and Liverpool will just take lower bids just to, to move them on? Or do you think Liverpool are going to be stubborn? And let's say a Gruyich, for example, the end up keeping, or do you just see no way that he can stay at the club? No, I, I think I can see them being stubborn and keeping one or two of them if they don't get the baseline what they want. I mean, this is a, this is a <laughs> Liverpool do transfer business in an incredibly hard nosed way now. 
and they won't blink. And I think the good thing from their point of view is that they have that reputation that they won't blink. So they'll wait and they'll wait and they'll they'll say, well, look, I mean, if you want this player, it's no skin off our nose to keep him for another few months until January and we'll see how we are then. Uh, so I actually think that we could keep um, maybe a Gruwich. Um, I think Brewster will definitely go. I think Wilson will go. Um, I thought Shakiri might be on the way out and maybe a read your one or one or the yeah. other. Maybe not. Maybe not. The two of them could stay. But, um, you know, I said I was on with you, I think, last week, Keaton. I said, this, the, you know, Liverpool, if you want to call it the dead wood, these are all assets. These are all yeah. assets to clubs. They're attractive assets. Barcarius, who's a, a, a... I don't think I've ever seen anything like that transfer for a guy who came in and was given such a shot you know, at the Liverpool number one jersey yeah. and played in the Champions League final and and just it just backfired so massively and, and to the point where his career, I don't think that chap's career is ever going to really recover. No. They, they, they can't give him away. Um, look, as Chris says, you wish him the best of luck, you know, because what he went through was is, is going to haunt him. And I hope he goes and does well on the loan, but I've never seen anything like a, a player. His reputation is, is so bad now that nobody seems to even just take a punt on him because you could get him for a million and a half, probably. You know, yeah. If you shell up. Um, but yeah, look, as I said, I, I think Bruce and, and Wilson are, are going to definitely go. But Liverpool are are stubborn and they are willing to just face anyone down. So you could actually see a couple of the others stay on. But I, I would imagine that uh, Gruwich, Wilson, Bruce are gone. Um probably keep Shakiri and Origi for un, until the winter. Yeah. Very interesting. Now Sam will come to you, Origi and Shakiri. A lot of the lads in the chat there are saying that um Tommy C Shakiri great option when fit, just can't stay fit. Um Midnight Hoker like Shaq himself. A lot of people giving a bit a bit of love for Shakiri in the chat, you know, and Kieran Thorne saying he played himself back in there as an option. Can you see a scenario where Shakiri stays ahead of Origi that they might look to move Origi on with the fact that they may look at uh, uh, Minamino as a central option and Jota maybe as a more central option that they can move Origi on? Or do you think it, it's still either or, or possibly both of them going? Um, I think it's well worth keeping Shakiri in. I mean, I think people underestimate how good a footballer Shakiri is to be fair he's a good footballer I mean he gets into a lot of Premier League I don't, think, I don't think it's that's the doubt Sam about Shakiri. Right. though isn't he if you're playing in four competitions this year which we are and we <laughs> remember as I said before the Premier League and the Champions League are our bread and butter competitions in my opinion they're the competitions which we're going to go all out for again and with the greatest respect to the FA Cup and the League Cup, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the, these Cups. But if it has any kind of detriment to us succeeding and going further in the Premier League or, or Europe, then, um, you know, God, it, 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 it'll turn into a problem um, also entering these competitions. So having a squad depth and having the likes of Shakiri in there, it can only be a good thing. It can only be a good thing as long as he's happy to be on the periphery of the, uh, you know, of, of, of the team and, you know, play almost a bit of a bit role, then absolutely fine. I, I know Origi said recently that he said he didn't mind being part of, you know, kind of on the outskirts of the, of the squad. He was quite, he was quite okay with it. You know, he's quite happy having a bit part. 
um, in Liverpool. But um, I think you made the great point there, Keith. I think with Jota and Minamino able to occupy the central roles, I can certainly see Origi, if I had to choose out of the two, he'd be the one that would would be the most likely to leave. But, so the, yeah, but this is the balancing act. Absolutely agree with you in terms of if we could keep one, I think we'd all look... I don't know why I'm speaking for everyone, but from Sam's comments, I think it's fair to say we'd keep Shakiri over Rigi. Maybe. I don't know if Anthony and Keith uh, share would. that opinion. Anthony, Shakiri or Rigi? Um, I'm not I'm not sure, to be honest, Grizz, because Shakiri's a better footballer, but Rigi does a, a very specific thing for Klopp. That, I'll that, tell you what, I'll tell you what, Rigi, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the main thing Rigi does for Klopp, make himself available. And that's so underrated. This is the dilemma. Mm. Origi is never injured. Mm. Not the most talented, but he can play left wing at a stretch through the middle better for me. But, you, you know, he can occupy defenders, but he's rugged. He's available. When we need him, we throw him on. Do you think Shakiri more than oh, sorry, Origi more. Do you think Klopp fancies Origi more than lads? Do you think he? And just because I, of I, the availability factor, the reliability factor, Shakiri's yeah. not available. That's the dilemma they've got to work out, and that's the balancing act because Shakiri is by far the most talented. You don't play for Inter, Bayern, Liverpool, Stoke. You know, if you're not talented, right? You know. There's talent there, but it's it's the availability situation with Shakiri. How many times did we think, oh, well, Shakiri was available? He, this is a game made for Shakiri to come on against Man United. He made an impact. He he's, he near enough makes an impact every time he plays. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's the beauty of Shakiri. But he's got to play more. He's got to be available more. Yeah. And then there's the then the decisions made for us. But just for that factor, I I, I you know I think Divock is just useful in terms of. Availability, reliability, durability, all these things, you know. Yeah. I think we touched on earlier the how sophisticated Liverpool's shape and the way they set up and the balance like that. The balance is, is absolutely crucial to Klopp. So if you have a Riga who he is, at times he looks limited as a footballer, but he's a winning runner and he looks like a guy who just does exactly what he's told to do, mm. which is which would Klopp would really value anyone like that. So maybe that would hint at why he stuck around as long as he had. Um Shakiri, when he, I really like Shakiri, by the way, but when he first came to Liverpool, I can't remember what game it was, but didn't he get whipped at half time in one of the. Southampton, it was his first yeah. game. Southampton, and, he, and he, like, he'd set up a goal, I think. He hit the crossbar with a free yeah. kick and Salah tapped in the rebound, yeah. But he, he got whipped at half time. Now, that was very early days, but it was just a sort of. You'd like to know what, what really happened there. Like, what, what was it? Was he not doing what he was yeah. asked to do? Was he not able to do it? And although well, he's a very nice footballer, he's well, te- you know, technically... This is a transfer show. No, no, I was going to say, Anthony, sorry, breaking news. We've got to get that comment up from Reese Davis, Keith. You know, I love I love comments like this. This is the one. If you can't find it, I'll, that's the one. Now, oh. these are the comments we live for, and these are the kind of stories that we live for. <laughs> so, you know, breaking news, guys. Is, is, you know, we found well, Shaqiri's... Well, wow. found Shakiri's barber, and you know he says he, <laughs> want, he wants to leave. You know, guys, still a very good 
I'll give him that. He's done a heck of a job on, on that head-to-head. Well, I don't yeah. think his barber's done the job. I think Turkey somewhere... Because I was like going to say, yeah. if he has that barber's number, I could do a job. Keith are over there in the flash, yeah. mate. Keith, I'm coming to yeah. fetch you. We're going Manchester to that barber. Yeah. If, if he, but, but, but the situation is, um, you know, I'm pretty certain Shakiri doesn't want to be on the peripherals um, yeah. like he has been. I'm pretty sure it's, you know, there is some sort of, something has gone on behind the scenes with Shakiri and Klopp. Um, but look, now's probably not the time to go into that kind of thing. It's, you know, if we, if we do get a fee for him, I'm, I'm pretty certain that we're going to let him go. And I'm pretty certain we, if we get a hefty enough fee for Divock, he's available. But again, there's just not the fees coming in for these players. I know we've touched on we've got a massive squad and everything, but Klopp, when we say Klopp once likes to work with a, a small group, he alluded to the fact that even though it may be a small group, we're now looking at a small quality group as opposed to over quantity. And he's always wanted to trim the squad and sort of increase the quality. Simikas, Jota, the, Thiago, these are all massive, huge improvements to the to the what do you want to say backup players? Well, Thiago's not a backup player, but you know what I mean. Sort of in yeah. terms of the quality, the quality of the squad increases twofold with these players, and so therefore that's why we're trying to trim it in terms of the likes of Grich Wilson, who realistically don't have a a long term future with us. So you know, I personally think Shakiri won't be kept unless we get sort of stupid bids that we're getting for him, like seven ten million at the moment. Once we once we get that sort of above fifteen to close to twenty million, you know, he'll be gone. Yeah, I think with the pandemic as well, you know, you see Thiago's really um, unfortunate um, news uh, this uh, uh, this evening. I mean, do you think for like for the next six months as well? You know, we might just keep hold of players, which yeah, good point because it, yeah. it all makes is they could get you know. Yeah. Which, you know that, that, that it's not the case, but you know uh, we we're living in a pandemic, aren't we? So Good maybe yeah. six months might be just uh, just whilst we're going through this. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. Mm. One thing that I do want to I'm going to move off Liverpool for the last ten minutes or so, lads, and just look at some of the other things that's happening around. We'll start off. Jaden Sancho to Man United is imminent. It's been imminent for about 10 weeks. It's still imminent. Um, I'm reading between lines and it nothing looks to have changed. Only the fact that he's not playing in the Super Cup, the German Super Cup. Anthony will come to you. Um, what do you make of that? Do you think it's going to happen to Man U soon or is it just a case that... I mean, that keeper, Roman Book, he also didn't travel for the same issue. So do you, do you see any any legs in this one or is it just same same old nothing? Sancho to Man U. Uh, no, I, I don't think Man United are in control of the transfer in any way. I think Dortmund are just playing them at the minute completely. And this has been going on for two months. I think uh, Man United look like they're trying to... This tends... The Sancho talk tends to escalate every time United have a bump in the road. Like It's almost like they're trying to appease their fan base yeah. by feeding this chat Sancho, Sancho. And it ends up just pissing them off even more because it keeps going absolutely nowhere. Uh, the noises from Dortmund seem to be that he's, he's not going. You know, they're not reaching our asking price. Man United's stature in the transfer market has now diminished. Uh, it doesn't look like the player 
really wants the move. So he's not putting pressure on Dortmund to force anything through. And you just have this weird stalemate where we've had this story now. This is just a recurring story for the last two or three months where, you know, United put in a big bid, uh, you know, waiting on a response, uh, talk, being in talks. But, like, you know, I think it was, like, a month ago where personal terms had been settled. But when you hear things like that and then nothing materialises, it just sounds like Sancho's team are maybe trying to play the game where they're, they want someone else to come in or they want Dortmund to give them more money. Dortmund seem to know that, so they're not really worried by it, and they're just sitting. And Man United are being made to look a little bit foolish because they're, they're coming with these big bids, and there's all this talk, and it's happening, and it's cold, and then not material. So I don't think they're... I'd be amazed if they got them in before this transfer window closes. You know, not to say that maybe you know if they come back with something mega in January or next summer that he might go there. But I can't see it happening at the minute. Sam, I'll come to you. Um, something that Anthony just says there, you know, if it doesn't happen in this window, they may come back. Do you see, if if it doesn't happen in this window, is that United's chance gone to get them? Like, do you think there'll be other clubs will be sniffing? And I'm not, I don't just mean Liverpool, but there'll be a bigger queue for them next summer. And that's why he's not pushing for this move at the moment. I, th- I think United are going to, uh, we've got to be really careful here that they don't, um, pissed Dortmund off even more. They know the asking price. The asking price has been set since day one and they just keep faffing around, going back and forth with these bids, knowing that they're going to get rejected. And ultimately, it's messing the player around, it's messing Dortmund around. So they either pay the asking price, they get the player and jobs are good in, or they don't. It's simple as that and move on to somebody else. I mean, there's talk, obviously, with Dembele potentially going to United as, you know, uh, as an option to, to to Sancho. But yeah, I think you're right, Keith. I I think it's I think it's now or never. And if they don't if they don't pay up, they just need to shut up. Yeah, Grizz, I'll come to you. The the bid that's come out today from United for Sancho, it's eighty million euros plus twenty million in add-ons. Is this not the deal they put in weeks ago? And Dortmund are like hundred million or nothing. Yeah, like, it's, it's, totally, it's totally the opposite of sort of um our pursuit of Tiago where we were in control. And the reason why we were in control is because of the play himself was just solely focused on moving to us. Now Sancho isn't clearly, otherwise he would have made a noise, he would have made some sort of you know gesture towards his club. Um he's under contract, which is a main thing as well. Um, I'm still thinking they may possibly get him because of the desperation factor, but it's it's an awful it's an awful it's been an awful publicity stunt, hasn't it? In terms of Man United throughout the summer, it's uh, it's quite embarrassing the way they've gone about things and so amateur, which is just indicative of the state of the club at the moment, isn't it? Um, you know that's they that's where they're at. You know they're in a state of sort of perpetual disaster, you know, sort of, you know, no planning, no, you know, sort of foresight, have no structure. Um, long may it continue, man. Guys, you know, let's yeah. celebrate. You know, it's, it's amazing. Um, if they spend all their summer budget on him, no problem. He's a great player. He's an absolute great player. But is he what, is he what they need right now? Come on, he's not. Um but I, I truly think if they don't get him this summer, then um, 
that's their that's their chance gone. They won't get Sancho. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, he'll 100%, 100% have so many other options and, and will be at the forefront of every queue. I can tell you that for a fact as well. Yeah. Absolutely forefront at the, uh, at, the, uh, at the forefront of any queue for Jaden Sancho. Um, Jürgen Klopp loves the kid. Spoke to his agent, spoke to Sancho. We just can't do a deal this summer. You know, we told him, hang on in there, hang on in there. Looks like he is. It could be another one of those masterclasses from Klopp and Edwards hanging in there and they're coming for you, baby. Yeah, but the the thing with Man U, it's, it, I see them linked with uh, a free transfer for Edison Cavani and a loan deal for um, Jovic off Real Madrid. The, their their transfer policy just seems so erratic and so scattergun. You like what? What are you trying to do there? You you just don't know. They're they're a bit of a basket case, but look, long may it last. That they're running out of time. It's hundred million up front for Sancho. I forget about it. Move on. Um, another Manchester club. Um, City looking to bring in uh, Ruben Diaz uh, hasn't been confirmed yet. I don't think, but that's one to strengthen the defense. Anthony, do you think he brings that into the defense there, or is it one that you know it, it's a good signing? But is is that to worry about from our, our point of view? I, I haven't seen enough of him, Keith, to be honest with you, to know like what exactly he's going to bring. I mean, this is now, there's been a, a string of very expensive, high-profile pro, defensive signers for Manchester City um, that haven't worked out. And I think uh, I think Carragher, Jamie Carragher was making the point on last night on, on the Monday Night Football programme that like, you know, what, why is that? I think they, didn't they like profile the, the signers that he's made Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Manchester City, what he inherited versus what he's actually signed. It's potentially a major blind spot for Guardiola. He just can't seem to get that correct. And it's, you know, he's buying good individual players. Um, but for whatever reason, it's, it's it's been an issue for them. And is it the system? Is it what he expects from the players? Is it the way they set up? I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of all those things. So, like, um, it's a lot of money, you know, 68 million euro, I think. Uh, as I said, I have to say, I haven't, I haven't seen enough of the guy to, to really comment and tell you what he, he's going to bring to the party. Um, but th- they may have deeper issues. They may actually have deeper issues. Um, and how much longer is he going to be there? Like if, if, if the wheels come off, relatively speaking for City, because, you know, they've been exceptional as well. Um, is he going to just throw his hat, his hat at this? Is he in his fourth season now, Guardiola? Is it, He's in his fourth or fifth, is it? His... Fourth or fifth. Yeah. He didn't I mean, win I, it the first year, then he won two. That's right. That's and then right. he lost. So this is his fifth season. This yeah. is his fifth. I mean, i got to say, I didn't think he'd be around for a fifth season no. when he first came in. So, um, yeah, it kind of feels like, you know, this is a big sign for them if he can come in and short up. He's going to have to be some player mm. to sort that out. You know him alone as an individual because their their weaknesses defensively they look systemic. You know it's not just one yeah. person. You know it's it seems to creak throughout the whole side. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, Grizz, I'll come to you on the next one. Uh, Leon are looking to tie up a deal for um, Paquette of AC Milan, um, number ten type of player, which could be a signal that they are likely to lose Hossam Awar soon. Uh, he's one we spoke about an awful lot. Do you think he goes to Arsenal or do you think Bayern Munich might be into him? I think that the moment and this is no disrespect to Arsenal 
But at the moment, any other club of the levels of Bayern Munich or Juventus even show an inkling of interest, the kid's gone. You know, so many reports saying that he's, he's kind of being forced to sort of accept that Arsenal are the only ones sort of making active bids for him. And look, Arsenal, don't get me wrong, amazing, amazing for them if they get manage to get him because he's an absolute worldie. Um, but the news that um, the news that Paqueta is off to Leon doesn't, you know, it seems like I think Leon are resigned to losing Hossamoa. Definitely. I mean, that's a surprising one in itself. I thought the reports were that he's doing well at Milan, Paqueta, you know. So if, the, if he's being shipped off after a season or two, isn't it? It's not even long. No, it's that's only a season, yeah. yeah. It's only a season, so. I'll jump in. He came in there. I think he was brought in, but he only established himself last season. And Dylan O'Rourke's looking to say, how do you say this one? Um, Piontek. Piontek, I think, went into Milan at the same the time. Yeah, he, he went to Hertha Berlin on loan, I think. PSA. Yeah, he did. He, he went there, but um, him and Paqueta were, they built up a, a good rapport yeah, at the start, but then fell off a cliff. Yeah, yeah, they fell off a cliff. The but it's one of them. were raving about them, you know. You know, we should be getting in for them, you know. You know how it works. But it's, it's interesting to see that um, they, they do look to be lining up a replacement. But the reason I think Bayern could be an option, and I'll come to Sam on this one, we're seeing now Leeds are strongly linked with a... Um, a bid for Michael Cousins off Bayern Munich at uh, 30 million pounds. I've seen this force and thought was a loan, but now it looks like it's a sale. Do you think that frees up maybe a spot at Bayern Munich for an hour, or what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's just sliding doors, isn't it? The transfer window. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it does. I think it does. Um, exceptional buy for Leeds if they do get him. I mean, yeah. we were just talking before the show, and I said I've, I've seen the guy four or five times, so I've not. I don't claim to know everything about him, but hugely impressed with what I have seen. Um, really good possession player. I think he would uh, fit in well with Phillips and Cliche. Um So, yeah, I think it would be an amazing signing for them. And, I, yeah, I think what you said makes perfect sense. It would free up a space in midfield. Um, losing Thiago and uh, Cousins would free up a space. And Ua uh, would be a, a, a suitable uh, person to um to 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 replace Tiago. So yeah, I can see I can I can see it. As Grizz Grizz made a great point there is it, Arsenal have just got to pray that Bayern Munich don't come knocking because once he does, he's going there uh, or Juventus. So um they've just got to pray that doesn't happen. But it would seem that someone of that ilk could be going to um to Munich in the summer. Yeah. It, it, it is a domino effect. It's something that we've all um, said all along. You know, it's waiting for a few moves to happen and then you'll see everything else um, starting to fall. Uh, I don't think there's any real other big ones. Is there that's, that's been rumoured? I know that there's a couple that happened. Mendy made his debut, I think, for Chelsea tonight in the League Cup. Um, it's interesting to see how how he pans out there, you know, a, a keeper at, at Chelsea. And Luis Suarez as well made his debut, had an interesting start at Atletico Madrid. So there's a few deals that are happening, but I just don't, um, I don't know, Anthony, I'll give you the last say on on the transfers. Do you think there's going to be any blockbusters? Not not Liverpool, we don't think there's going to be any Liverpool blockbusters, but is there going to be any big blockbuster transfers between now and the close of the window, do you think? 
Uh, blockbusters, as in, when you say blockbusters, you mean like the top six or, the t- or just anyone? Like, yeah, like, like anyone. You know, if, if we stick, with, okay, stick with England. Like, you think there's going to be any major big sort of, we won't include like a Diaz in that because he's a relative unknown, but you think there's any big surprises coming? I, I think you could see uh, like an, an Everton or Leeds, you know, there's there's clubs who are being very brazen in this transfer market and uh, they, they could go big again. Uh, risky game, risky game for clubs like that. You know, like what are the, what's the payoff? Obviously for Leeds, you want to stay up and they have the clout of a manager. Leeds are, uh, you're talking about the players that are linked to Leeds. Like it, that's an example of, what having a guy like Bielsa at your club can do, yeah. you know, to, to bring that the, the caliber of players that they've been linked with, um, and Everton are kind of similar. You know, Ancelotti is obviously going in, and, and he's got his contact book out, and he has that reputation on the continent. But I'm looking at Everton at the minute, and you know they've made a great start, but what's the end game? You know, in terms of what they spend to get, you know, let's say six, realis- realistically yeah. six would be a very good season for Everton, but. Yeah. Now, next 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 season, from the next couple of seasons, like their their spending is going to be really restricted. Now, I, I think isn't there like a, a deferment on the on their transfer restrictions for this season because of the COVID? So like, yeah. they got to pay the piper at some stage. So it's, it seems like a very risky uh, strategy. But as I said, they're being very bold in the transfer market. I think they might do a bit more business. They're they're being linked with a centre half, aren't they? And and they probably do need need one to be fair. Yeah. Um. So I think see you might see a club of that ilk make something a significant buy before the window shuts. Uh, with, with the big guns, uh, maybe Arsenal might make a move. And actually, in fairness, Arsenal probably need to make a move. They need to back Arteta because they have a very good manager yeah. and they need, to give, they need to give him a chance. You know, he, he's a quality manager and he's, done a, he's doing a very good job, but, you know, he needs better players. And uh, it'd yeah. be interesting actually to see what they do in that regard because... You know, they, they do need to make a statement in terms of, of backing him, I think, for the window shuts. Yeah, I think Partey and Ewa would literally transform them oh, um, if they, if they got yeah, the yeah. two of those into their midfield. It, it, it fixes a lot of their needs, doesn't it? So it's um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, lads, is there anything else you want to bring up? Chris, is there anything else you want to bring up transfer-wise before we close it? No, that's that's it. I think we've we've covered now enough everything, haven't we? I don't think we've missed out anything major. Unless no. someone tells us otherwise, there's nothing much going on at the moment. We're just waiting for the imminent. Oh, imminent, that's it. yeah, yeah. It's it's imminently imminent. You know, that's it's, the one. Long may it continue. Long may it continue. And Sam, what about yourself? Anything else transfer wise you want to bring in? Um, I don't. I, to be honest, I I, I, I don't think there is. Um, I agree with that. I think um, Everton could. Could could go in and get a defender. I've, I've, they're they're going for it. Aren't they? You gotta give them credit. I mean, they're they're having a bloody good go at it. And you know, Ancelotti's got an idea of what he wants. And I think it, it, probably one of the most Everton or Arsenal. I'd say. I think Everton yeah. or Arsenal. So someone a midfielder for Arsenal or a defender for Everton. I'd say that would be my bet. Yeah. Very true. I know Spurs are being linked with Milan Skriniar as well. It's a bit of a weird one. Of course. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if they can pull that one off. It'd be a good good window for Spurs, you know. But look, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Look, we'll finish it off there. I've kept you long enough, an hour and 10 minutes. Um, just thanks to everyone in the chat tonight, uh, everyone for a like, and we appreciate that. Again, if you he, if are thinking about it, just hit that like button. and uh, helps us massively. Um, and I just want to thank the lads for coming in. So, Sam, thanks for joining us again tonight. 
Oh, thanks for having me. It's uh, been a good, sh- uh, good one tonight. Thanks, lads. No problem at all. We'll get you back soon enough. Anthony, again, yourself, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Keith. Yeah, great, great to have a chat again. Good stuff. And again, we'll get you back soon enough. We won't leave it as long. Um, Grizz Candle's a little comment on the screen there from Owen Book. Goran Pandev, the Grizz Athletic. Yeah, You're going to yeah. die on Goran Pandev Mountain, aren't you, my friend? Of course I am, yeah. Um, don't know if you want to give the reference to that to people that... Uh, we know, well, we done our them. Champions League draft where you could pick any players, but once you pick a player, that team and that nationality was gone. So any player that's won the Champions League and three picks in... Grizz took Macedonia off the board by selecting Gordon Pandev and he literally could have had any striker. I think there was two forwards were gone and Grizz took Gordon Pandev. So, you know. It was strategic in my head. Yeah, it was. Okay. That's it. Stop and it was late night. I, I think it was like sort of two hours into the fucking show. Right? I wouldn't mind. Really. was going on. It was I mean, early in the show because yeah, it was your third pick, right? And, and what lads, happened was... Lads, the rules were so complicated. They done. They were complicated. They were complicated. But what happened was Grizz picked um, Diego Melito. Diego Melito, he was the forward, wasn't he? Yeah, Diego Melito, or Gabriel Melito. Diego Melito, he picked Diego him. Melito. And he couldn't have him because we'd already had an Argentinian. And Grizz panicked and went for Pandev. When he could Listen, have panicked. He was decent. Listen, real yeah. football men in the chat, real football men and women in the chat will know... Goran Pandev was bloody okay for one season. Okay, right? well, I'll ask, I'll ask Roy Anthony. Can you think of another <laughs> Inter Milan forward that played in the Champions League team in 2010-ish that may be of an obscure nationality that wouldn't be an Italian or an Argentinian? Yeah, I definitely should, and I can't at the minute, Keith. I'm sorry. Right. Do you know what I mean, Anthony? If I say he's a Cameroonian... <laughs> You could have had Samuel Eto'o <laughs> and you went for Goran Pandev. Yeah, I so. the alternative. You know, sometimes, you know, Panic. it works. Look, look, people I think are going you won for, the vote, Man United are going for Jaden Sancho. We've gone for Diego Jota. You know, yeah. it happens. You know, sometimes you make That's the, true, yeah. the smart know, based on Based on whatever you want for your team. For my, my, for my strategy, for the way my team was going to set up, Goran Pandev. You you were playing chess and the rest was what playing chess. <laughs> Listen, lads, we, we'll leave it there. We'll call it a night on that bombshell. Look, thanks for joining us. Um, we've been the LFC Day Trippers. This has been the Transfer Agenda Show and we'll see you all again soon. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.